What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Fired up. It's Friday as this drops. Enjoyed this conversation a lot. Had my notepad out. I have these conversations. I feel like a student more than I do a podcast guest most of the time. You're going to enjoy this one. It's about how to build your brand through relationships and network connections. It's a dual episode tag team in it. I'm joined by Alexa Parker, Crimson Park Digital, Stacey Harrison, Heart and Hustle Brands, two agency owners who talk about the importance of playing the long game, building those relationships, and what that does for their brand and their customers that they serve. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, do all the things. Most importantly, tell a damn marketing friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited for this one. It has been a while since I have had two guests on the podcast at the same time, but that's what we have today. And so it's going to be fun. The two guests know each other and they're both super passionate around the topic. The topic is building your brand through relationships and network connections. But without further ado, let's get into intros and get into this. I am joined by Stacy Harrison, who is the Chief Executive Hustler, that is the title, at Hard and Hustle Brands, and Alexa Parker, who's the founder and CEO at Crimson Park Digital. Stacy, Alexa, welcome. How are you? Excellent. It's a hot Wednesday afternoon, but doing great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, no doubt. We're just, uh, we're all over the country and everywhere we're at, it is really, really hot. So we're, we're ready for fall. That is for sure. Maybe before we dive into it, Stacy and Alexa, you can give a brief about kind of who you are and your, your companies. Maybe we start with you, Stacy. Sure. Yeah. I, as, uh, as you mentioned, I'm Stacy Harrison and I started it was Harrison Creative Group when I first went out of my own several years ago, and I changed the name to Heart and Hustle Brands about a year ago um, because what I was seeing was I was rebranding a lot of my clients' companies, and so I wanted to go through the experience myself. Um, I work typically in healthcare marketing, and that's how I met Alexa when we were at another healthcare group together and really enjoyed her skills as a digital marketer, and so we collaborate quite a bit on uh, different client projects. Uh, and so I am Alexa Parker. I am the, the founder and CEO, as you said, of Crimson Park Digital. Uh, we focus more on the campaign strategy, campaign management, the whole execution piece. Um, and I think that's one of the, the reasons why um, we collaborate so well with Stacey and her team is we kind of fit together like a puzzle. And so my team and I, we are very, um, very much into the paid media space, SEO, content marketing, all of that good stuff. And we work a lot with healthcare brands as well, like, like, like Stacey does, but we also are able to do some kind of one-off projects with other brands. So we're not quite into one industry. I love it. And so maybe a good place to start with this conversation on building relationships and network connections, talking to you before and listening to you talk, um, you all met at a previous stop and you've kind of continued that relationship and it's been a mutually beneficial relationship where you're um, using each other's skills to help service your clients. So maybe like 
I don't know, like if we're talking about like maybe relationship building 101, what are some things that we should be doing as marketers in order to set ourselves up for long-term success? Maybe we'll start with you, Alexa. Sure. Well, I think from my perspective, it all really comes down to just starting relationships on the right foot. And then also when you leave a brand or a company, make sure that you don't burn any bridges. And so you're able to kind of keep those connections that you built while you were at that company. So I think regardless of what your what your role is, whether you're in marketing or not, I think that's a really good rule of thumb is to just give those relationships respect and also you know leave, leave on good terms no matter where you were and where you're going. Absolutely. Yeah, you never want to burn a bridge. And also just being nice is like seems like the simplest thing. And sometimes it's you know thought of as you know, being taken advantage of or naive, but I think just being nice and kind to others is super important and keeping an open mind too. I think a lot of times in, in marketing, or even when you're working with other agencies, there's this competitive mindset of, well, I want to outshine that group so that I can get more work or, you know, sort of show them up in some way or another. But if you're able to help each other out and lend out a hand when needed, I think that goes a long way. And, you know, from my experience, when I went out on my own and I think Alexa was freelancing, I recognized there were certain skills that I didn't have. And I didn't want to just try and fumble my my way through something for the sake of doing it for my client. And so I reached out to experts that I knew I could trust. And that was Alexa and I think vice versa for her. So, you know, just keeping an open mind, I think is another thing that I would say. I guess in, in between like the you both going off and starting your own ventures, was there communicate like communication regularly between the two of you on what you were working on uh, or potential collaboration opportunities in the future? Just trying to think about like we all have, you know, people we work with and we see people we really like working with exit and uh, maybe sometimes down the road we end up at the same company, maybe not. But we typically have these impressions of people and we're like, man, it was really great working with them. I hope there's another opportunity down the road. How did you all like kind of maintain that drumbeat of, you know, being kind of a a network connection and something that has later on went to being, you know, a professional relationship that you both can benefit from? Well, I'd say social media. Yeah, I was just going (laughs) to say, well, we're we're Facebook friends as well because we're friends at the other company, but um, just kind of keeping keeping tabs on what everybody is doing on, on social has really helped both on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and then when I started uh, to freelance and kind of take that that jump, I already knew that Stacey had done that. So I just did that good old fashioned outreach and said, hey, I'm doing this now, too. If you need any help, I'm here. And that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Don't be afraid to tell people what you're doing. Like when I went out on my own, it was, um, you have this little tinge of like, oh shoot it. I don't know if I have all my stuff together yet. So I don't know if I want to announce it, but if you don't, then nobody knows what you're doing. And typically the people that have worked with you or, or your friends, family, they want to help you. And so, you know, making that announcement and saying, I'm out on my own now, um, just keep me in mind for projects. They'll also think of you um, for other work too. So that was how we connected. I always sort of kept up on what uh, Alexa was doing on LinkedIn and then what her and her family were doing on Facebook. So I think having those social connections and just, you feel like you're still involved and talking to them on a regular basis, even when you're not, but liking, commenting, sharing, um, just like you would for your clients, I think is important in um, 
colleague relationships too. And that, and that was even like a year after I had left the company that Stacy was at still. So we had moved out West here and it was about a year and a half ish later, but that connection, that relationship was still there, which, you know, again, goes back to why it's important to make those and maintain them because you never know when it'll help you and the other person, you know, later on. I, I think about like LinkedIn and everyone's on LinkedIn. And I think, you know, there's really good things about LinkedIn. Then there's some not so good things. And I think it's like the thing that oh, I like to think about is just the access. Like you literally have access to an, your entire connection of people and you can go drop into their inbox and send them a message and, you know, get a response and start a conversation. Obviously we we're a part of people doing that to us and uh, maybe it not being good outreach. And then we just deleted or hit ignore. But when it's someone that we know, it's maybe a little bit different. Is there, I guess, publicly, like you can comment, like share, notice what people are working on and how they're doing, but like privately, like in the DMS, is there like, do you have any thoughts on like, what is the right way to kind of maintain that relationship? And then like, maybe like, what is the wrong way? Any thoughts or feedback there? I mean, I, I think we've all probably seen the wrong way where it's <laughs> yeah. folks that you maybe had interaction with, with that maybe wasn't so positive or just more transactional that was not as genuine reaching out and saying, you know, help me out on this or, you know, hope to work together and people that are also just very persistent, almost too much. So, um, you know, I appreciate persistence as a marketer, but it can also get to the point where it's annoying, but I think congratulating people on different, um, milestones in their life, commenting, liking just for the sake of boosting other people up in gen in, in general, I think is a good way to do that. And I think that's the way that, we always supported each other and the people that I, you know, work with on, on the other side too. So I think that's probably the good and bad of it for me. Yeah. And on, on, on the DMs, I would say approach it more like, Hey, I just wanted to catch up and, you know, just make it very casual and based on your, on your relationship and not make it sound like, Hey, I'm doing this now. Do you want, are you interested? Like, don't make it transactional, make it very like relationship focused and, like, hey, it's just been a while, thought it would be great to catch up and just leave it at that. And then in that conversation, if, you, if it's a call or Zoom or whatever, getting coffee, then you can maybe weave it into the conversation then in a more natural way. So it doesn't sound, sound or seem to that person that you're just trying to get business out of them and that you actually care about how they're doing and checking in as a relationship builder. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. I love it. I love it. We're talking about DM rapport here on Modern Day Marketer. Yeah. This is the real, the real insight and information that we need. So one of the things I've been thinking about, and I think just in terms of like building relationships and network connections, I I I at oftentimes I'll need something from someone and I'll need to reach out because I think they might be great on the podcast or I'm writing a piece that I want them to contribute to or I, I actually need to be connected with someone else, but like I go and I'm getting ready to make that ask. And I like ha have a little bit of trepidation and I, I feel bad because I'm like, I wish I would have provided more value to that individual at an earlier time, or maybe spent more time when they asked me to do something one to two years ago. And I think we all know as marketers, like it's this mentality of like, do whatever you can to always give back under any circumstance, because with a network connection, because chances are like 
that'll come back around and it'll come back around in a bigger way. So maybe like just this idea of like building relationships, building connections and and giving back maybe before you even have an ask, like Mm -hmm. thoughts and how that's maybe influenced or impacted kind of what you've been building with your agencies. Oh gosh. Yeah. That, that is, you know, the act of being selfless. I think like you said, Brad is, is really important. Think about a way that you might be able to help them. Like, Hey, I was talking to so-and-so the other day and mentioned you or, you know, something about it, you know, some kind of an industry inside tip maybe that might help them, I think is always helpful. But if it's, if you're not able to offer anything in return in the beginning, just say this may or may not be a fit. If it is great, if not, I hope that we can help each other down the road because I really am a big fan or Mm -hmm. think you're doing good work or something. I mean, as long as it's sincere, but I think for the most part, it just really needs to be, you know, in a good positive way and a genuine way and not insincere. Yes, definitely on the genuine. um, And people can see through that very easily if you're not. Um, And I think on the kind of public side of things, um, if you want to kind of start engaging with their content, if they do a lot of things on LinkedIn, whether from their company page or their personal page, start engaging or start leaving comments or sharing posts to your network and show that you care about what they're doing is also, I think, a good uh, way to show that you're genuine about what they're up to, especially if you want to work with them where they're at currently at that company. And just, just show that it's not just about you, you know, that, that, you're, you, that you want to make it a two-way street, that you want to provide them value in return for whatever you're possibly asking for. I love that, like engaging in public social. It's, I don't know, it makes you feel a certain way when you see someone consistently even as simple as liking your posts, you're just like, this person understands this person is trying to support what I'm doing. And it might seem like a little thing, but those sorts of interactions and engagements go a long way. And our abilities to say yes to someone or go above and beyond to someone who's regularly engaging with our posts, whether it's through a comment, uh, a, a like, um, I think is something that should be mentioned. So I love, I love the call out there and it's, it's simple stuff, but it, I feel like at times as marketers, it's like, we, tr- we try to move past the simple stuff and we try to go build Rome overnight, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah. And then as, as a marker, I mean, we all know with social platforms, there's an algorithm in, involved in the backside of everything. So, you know, to help them out with a like or a comment, that will help them on the back end for what the public doesn't see, but it will help increase their reach. So just like with that marketer hat on, it's kind of like a twofold help to them by, you know, showing that engagement to their network, but also showing LinkedIn specifically like, hey, this content is important. And, you know, it'll get shown to more people. Absolutely. And plus, when you're starting out and sharing content, you're always a little unsure of what you're putting out there. And you always think it's terrible. And so anybody that's willing to like, comment, share, I think, you know, it's like, it gives you the warm and fuzzies like, oh, they're here to support me. So I think being being willing and able to do that for friends and um, former colleagues in the industry is super important. We all need the support and the love. <laughs> no doubt. The I think too, as marketers, like if we're we're working inside or outside of companies, 
there's this mentality too, where we know where we have specific skills and we know where our strengths are. And we know that, you know, potentially we could take these skills and strengths and go spend more time um, working one off freelancing, starting our own agencies. We have these thoughts in our heads potentially. And, but, you know, maybe a lot of marketers are just stuck you know, continuing to do what they do and never take the leap and go, you know, say, I'm going to start my own company. Or I'm going to start my own agency. I'm going to go do this. You you both have done that. So I'd love to maybe like get both of your perspectives on like making the link leap to starting your own business. And then to like how important has kind of the foundational stuff and the network connections been to the current success of what you're both doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know I couldn't have started my business without some of the connections that I made um, in the company that Alexa and I worked together previously. That was my one of my first projects was helping another company who was a essentially a healthcare consultant to build their brand. So even just as simple as creating their brand style guide and their logo, um, that was one of my first projects. And then, you know, coming in as uh, sort of like a marketing consultant for that group that helped kick off my, um, my first like really project into freelancing. And then when I had enough work, I said, okay, well, I can see this actually being able to replace my salary. I probably held on almost too long (laughs) because I was nervous. I didn't know how long it would continue, but I saw, you know, sort of a pathway of continued growth and projects. And I was able to make the leap probably about a year after I had been freelancing, but you know, it, there's a lot of work you have to put in and continuing to follow up with people. Not everybody has the stamina to do that. You know, when you're working a 30, 40, 35, 40 hour week and then going home and, and putting in another four or five hours is, is a lot. But if you're committed to doing that and you have friends and family and other colleagues that are willing to help you out, I think that's, um, that's when you know you've got something. Yeah. And so for me, um, I was kind of finishing up a maternity leave. So I had a six month old at home. It was my, my second daughter. And I just decided, you know, I, I would like to be able to be home more. And with my first, I got about six weeks of time off um, because I had not been there for a year. So like, you know, by law, you can't get the full three months. So I, I had very little time at home with her. And with our second, I said, you know what? I want more time and I want to have that flexibility. So I started freelancing and then connected with Stacey again soon after that and um, helped her on. I think it was that same project that you mentioned, Stacey. Um, But uh, it just kind of snowballed. And I never really planned kind of for it to become an agency. I just thought, you know what, let me just freelance instead of going back to my corporate desk. And, you know, it kind of stopped there in the beginning. And then when I started to get more work and more referrals and things that I, I couldn't physically as one person manage, I took the leap then to hire other people and kind of grow a team. And that's where we are. And we just, we just reached our four year anniversary. So okay. yeah, it, it, thank you. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's interesting where things can evolve, even if you didn't originally intend for it to become a team of, you know, six and we're an agency and we're this company, but it, it's been exciting. So, and that, and it's all been based on relationships. I don't know what's scary. You're going out on your own or hiring your first employee. <laughs> I think it might have been hiring my first, yes. my first employee. Yeah, because you know when it starts, it's all you, and so all you know is how you do things, mm-hmm. and clients are hiring you as a person. 
And so when Mm. you start to bring on people and, you know, try to maintain how would I do it and, and, you know, have that reflected in in other people, it's, it's tough, but it's part of growing a company. And so you have to just learn to let go sometimes and train them, you know, in the right way so that they can reflect your expectations to your clients instead of Mm -hmm. you doing it for everything. I love this. This is awesome. Congrats on the four-year mark. That's amazing. So we hire out for our branded social channels and supporting and just keeping that engine moving. We've got the strategy in place, but the execution, it's like being a small company, it's like you only have so many hours. So that was something we knew we needed to do. So built a relationship. Shout out, Kate, uh, with Sendler. If you're li- you you will be listen- listening, and there's a plug for you. But so so we there was a, a moment where we were in between design designers, and instead of going out and searching for design designers, I just asked Kate. I said, Hey, we've got this work. Can you can you help us? And Kate, being a savvy business owner, said, "Sure, like absolutely, we can make this happen." And so, you know, she then I'm assuming I don't I don't necessarily need to know how all the sausage is made, but tapped her network, <laughs> and then we ended up getting everything we needed, but just like we would be working directly. So I think, like as I'm understanding, like to me, I work with uh, it's working with Kate, and like I trust her, and there's value there. And if I need something, she can go help facilitate that. So I think just as like agency owners, like maybe talk a little bit about like collaborating with other brands and other agencies and knowing like, this is where you're really strong and this is where you have some gaps. Like talk, talk to me about how you, you collaborate with, with other agencies. So I think it goes back to, to what we said in the beginning with, you know, we, we know our strengths as, as marketers, as businesses, um, but we, we fit really well together as part of a larger puzzle. And I think if you kind of look at it as, you know, the different parts of the marketing team, if you were at a brand, what other companies could maybe fill in those other roles that you can't provide to your clients? And then once you know, uh, you know, what what is not going to overlap with what you provide, then look for quality partners, maybe partners that have the same work ethic, the same, you know, morals, the same just kind of process. And then it, it makes it very easy to then, you know, if you have a client that's asking for web dev or branding or creative, I'm like, I have exactly who you should go to because you've established that rapport and that relationship. So um, I, I think for me, it's, it's just knowing, you know, what we're good at, what, we're, what we don't provide, and then looking for those quality partners to fill in those gaps. Yeah. And I think, Brett, what you touched on with the, you know, you don't care how the sausage is made. You just need sausage or you need something to eat. (laughs) A lot of times that's how our clients are. They, they see us as a marketer. They don't know that I'm a branding expert and that, that Alexa is a digital marketing expert. They don't, they may know some of that, but they think marketing is marketing is marketing um, Mm -hmm. or branding is branding. And, And a lot of times we're able to come in and say, we can identify the needs that they have but maybe we can't fill those specific roles because we either don't have the time or we're not skilled in that particular area. So being able to tap other people that we know who are experts in that area, you really do need a subject matter expert. Otherwise you can really get yourself into trouble and ruin your own reputation. If you're, if you truly are just trying to be a Jack of all trades and not really master of anything. Um, So it is a little humbling sometimes to know that you have to reach out for help, but if you don't, um, sometimes you just end up getting yourself into a bind. So why not reach out to those folks that 
that you know provide great service in one area or another, whether it's you know paid search or social media or maybe it's web dev, what you know whatever it is that you need. I think building those partner relationships take time, and the client appreciates that you're able to help and manage that, and also introduce them to people that are quality. So at the end of the day, as long as the client's taken care of, that's what's most important. I love that. We, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the topic that anyone out there. Any agency owner out there listening or anyone who's thinking about freelancing or starting their agency would be like, why aren't they talking about this? But is referrals, right? So I I think, you know, obviously getting a referral in any form of business is always probably the best thing. That means that some you're trusted by someone or do quality work that they're going to go out and make a recommendation. And typically when those come in, they're the quickest ones to become a a new customer. So we all love referrals wherever we work. And I know they're such a big part of just the agency life. Maybe like, can you share some perspective on just how you think about referrals and how you get your referral engine rolling? Yeah, that's a great question. I sort of operate from a place of, you know, if you do good work, you know, the rest will follow. Um, And also if you build good relationships, the rest will follow. And I think for me, when I look at the, the other contractors that I work with or folks like Alexa, I know that if I refer her work, it will likely come back to me in, in another form. You know, I, there are some agencies that I work with that also provide like a discount. Like if I'm going to work with them and mark up their work because I'm managing them, that's always really helpful as well. So you have to work on maybe just a better pricing structure when you are going agency to agency, because you're essentially working as a white label contractor, a white label agency for that group. So um, I think making sure that that's fair for fair and equitable for everybody is a first step and also providing feedback throughout the way. So is this a good fit for you and vice versa? So making sure that there's always that feedback loop. I don't know, Alexa, maybe you have some other thoughts on what's the best way to get referrals. (laughs) Yeah, so I was I was also gonna say just do the good work and you know you will be rewarded with just people being happy about what you provide to them. But also something that we started doing this year, kind of with like the business development hat on, I uh, found this platform called Brief. Um, it's B R E E F, and it's a way to just kind of get invited to jobs. It's, it's different from like the Upworks and Fivers where it's really hard to get even an interview with with people. Um, but Brief is uh, a place where um, brands are looking for agencies specifically and not just an individual contributor. And so we've, we've done some proposals in there just to, to try and get some work. But it w- what was interesting is that we got a referral out of a job we weren't hired for. So even like the act of me submitting these proposals and you know either not, not getting feedback yet or not getting hired, somebody who I sent a proposal to then referred me to someone in their network and then they reached out and now they're a client. So you never really know where you're going to get your referrals from other things that you're doing. You just have to get your name out there and kind of get up to bat and try as many times as you can. And, you know, you'll never know where, where you can get work unless you try. So I thought that was an interesting um, example that, you know, we, we hadn't even worked together, but they referred us and now we have a new client. Yeah, that's a great opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, And just also too, it makes me think just like so much of what we talked about is, you know, uh, Stacey, you saying, you know, they they just, 
they just want the work done. Like they, they want to go source marketing. They want their requests done and filled. And I think there are so many agencies out there that all do the same work. And I, I'd be interested to know like how with, with there being hundreds and thousands of agencies out there, like how do you all think about uh, differentiation? Like how are you making sure that you're standing out and um, being seen by the right type of people. We've talked a lot about just like leaning on your network connections for some of that inbound referral traffic, but I, I'd love to think, i love to learn a little bit about how you all think about maybe standing out and cutting through all the noise. Well, I think we each have um, our own specialty. So you think about your your life experiences, your work experiences, about what you've done and what you've accomplished. And, you know, there should be a few things in there that stand out and people know you for. So for instance, we worked for a national healthcare provider that was known for direct to consumer marketing. And we were known like we were known more for our marketing than we were for our healthcare. And still that company is no longer in business, but you know, that's really the truth. And so that helps stand out as, you know, sort of a reputation builder. Like I worked for that group and immediately mm. they recognize the name and go, okay, I definitely need somebody that knows how to do that. So I think setting yourself apart in a certain niche or a certain industry is really important. Um, and also just how you present yourself. Um, I think people connect with different personalities as well. And so I think for me, it's, you know, being able to calm people down that are in a, a, a chaotic kind of a time when maybe they're acquiring different companies and they don't know what to do with the brand. Um, so rebranding is a specialty of mine. And so I've really honed in on that. Um, and I've been continuing to get work um, in that specific niche for healthcare branding and rebranding. Um, and then luckily some other folks that move on to other industries, they still remember me as the creative marketer or the marketer, and they reach out to me for other projects, which helps expand my experience in that business. Yeah. And then from, from our perspective, um, I think just thought leadership has been big for us this year. We made it a goal. And I think that's one of the reasons why we, um, we started partnering with, with the juice for content is that, you know, we, we said, okay, let's, let's do a blog a week. Like let's just try and push ourselves to really pump out good quality content about, you know, what we do, but also things that potential clients would be interested in reading that would help them maybe get closer to making that decision to, to outsource or to potentially hire us. So I think just um, having that thought leadership, um, you know, no one else, theoretically and, and technically can do that besides you because it comes from you. So I think the way that we've been positioning ourselves and how we talk about the services that we provide has really helped um, differentiate ourselves this year. And then also looking for ways to further distribute that content outside of social and our website. Love to hear all of that. Um, let's maybe round the corner on this one. We've gone through relationship building, starting your own business, referral stuff. We're, we're covering a lot of ground here. Let's close out with maybe just one piece of advice that you'd have for other marketers who are listening to this, who are thinking about expanding their networks, maybe potentially going off on their own. Like what, what uh, advice would you give them? You go first, Alexa. Okay. <laughs> I would, so again, I would say respect your relationships. So the ones that you build, no matter where you're at, end on a good note if you're leaving, whether it's to another brand or for your own business. So that's, that's one. So I'll give you more than one. And then also make sure that when you do your outreach, 
don't make it sound too like, how, how can you help me? Or, you know, make it too transactional. Make it based on the relationship. Because, um, again, people can see through that salesy message or email. I'm sure we all get a ton every day that we just, you know, delete because it's not the right approach. So consider your approach and just respect your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say, you know, again, no pressure. I think the pressure tactics, we've seen enough of those and they don't tend to work very well, but also add value. If there's any way you can add value for someone for, at no cost, just to show them that you're willing to put in the work and, and, and help their business as well. I think that's, that's also, um, it just respects the relationship as Alexa said, and shows that, you know, you, you really want it to be mutually beneficial and not just in, you know, for you. So if you're able to add value to them with a free report or free analysis, or, you know, just a 30 minute consultation to help one of their clients or one of their referrals, I think that's, that's also a nice way to reach out and give back. So much good information on this. Hopefully you all enjoyed this one, got your notepads out and are taking notes. I know I learned something. Stacy Harrison, Heart and Hustle Brands, Alexa Parker, Crimson Park Digital. Thank you so much for your time. Love this conversation. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Stacy. I really enjoyed connecting with them, digging into their process on how to build and maintain their network connections and turn those into relationships that are long lasting. And collaboration is one of the most important traits of the modern day marketer. So think about some of what they said as you go and approach new people in market and think about ways that you can give back and give value to create mutually beneficial relationships that last a long time. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer next week.